Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. Folk, let's bow our heads as we now come to the reading and to the teaching of God's word. Father God in heaven, we do thank you for your word. Oh, this evening as we remember the joy of the nativity scene, we thank you for your word which is true and faithful and upon it we can build our lives and our doctrine. But we thank you especially for the word of God that your word reveals. Jesus Christ, the son of God, made flesh. We thank you for Jesus and we pray even this Christmas season as we reflect on him, reflect on his glories, that we, your people, might indeed praise his name and that praise might be well-pleasing in your sight. We ask all these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Well, the passage of scripture that I'm going to read to you this evening is taken from the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, and I'm only going to read two verses. Two verses because it's a short sermon. Galatians chapter 4 and Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. And verse 5. Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5. Hear the word of God. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Just so far in the reading of God's word. Maybe a a note, an extension of this morning's service where again we looked at the festive season, asking the question, what is the reason for this season? Why is Christmas so special? The world has an answer, and the world's answer will involve what they can sell to you. It might be food, it might be Christmas trees, it might be presents from toys or or us, or whatever else the adverts are playing, but the world will make the reason for the season anything else but the Son of God. And this morning, what we discovered from 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 is the reason for the season is none other than Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And that's extended in this evening's message. This evening's message is simple. God sent his Son to save his children. God sent his Son to save his children. And because we've got two verses, I've only got two points. Now that's the second sermon in a row that I've only preached two points. Uh, Baptists always do things in three. I'm a little bit concerned, but we do what the text gives us. The two points that we're going to look at this evening come from verse four and verse five. The first from verse four, and it's this. God sent his son into the world. That's simple. God sent his son into the world. The second point from verse five is to bring back 
children to heaven. To bring back children to heaven. So verse 4. Let me read it again so that we've got it near to our minds. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Let's take a look at what's going on in that verse just briefly. It says but. The word but is a contrast. We know that what comes now is being compared to what came before And you ask yourself the question, what has Paul been speaking about in Galatians chapter 3 and Galatians chapter 4 up to this point? And the answer is that Paul has been saying that man, as long as he is under the law, is a slave to the law. As long as man is under the law, and the law in particular is the law of Moses, a list of commands and rules, some of which display the perfection and majesty and moral perfection of God, all of it together displays his moral perfection, but a standard of laws and rules that up until this point, man, even while he tried to keep them, had always failed. Because while the law was enough to convict us that we were not perfect, the law could never save us, could never declare that we were not guilty. And so Paul in verse 4 says, but, and then he says when, this is a statement of time, when the fullness of time had come. As you read the Old Testament... And you come to Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Everything is an untested perfection. And then you reach Genesis chapter 3. And Eve sees the fruit and she sees that it is pleasing to the eye and has heard that it will make her somewhat like God. And so she takes of it and breaks and eats with her husband Adam. And as he eats and breaks the law that God had given him, sin comes into the world, and we ask the question Was God caught unawares in the Garden of Eden? Was God caught unawares? Did, was he caught by surprise by the rebellion of his people? Or maybe as we read the Old Testament, we ask the question Has God forgotten about us? As you continue reading through the book of Genesis, as you hit Genesis chapter 4, it reads like a graveyard filled with tombstones. Adam's children die one after the other. Cain and then Abel and then Seth. And on it goes, generation after generation of death and of dying. And I can imagine as people died for their sins that they had fallen under, the question became, has God forgotten about us? Has he left us in this fallen world without a hope? Because the law is not enough to save. Or maybe, as you read the Old Testament, you wonder, is God even in control? Is this whole thing a play? On the one side, God, the creator, and on the other side, some great, terrible beast named Satan. And is God in a massive fight with Satan, and might it be 50-50? 
a white side and a, a dark side, a good side and a bad side. And maybe God isn't in control. Maybe we just hope that he wins at the end of the day. But Paul says that's not the case at all. No, friends, God was not caught by surprise because in the fullness of time, God had not forgotten about us because in the fullness of time, God is in control because in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. God, yes, God the Father. This idea of sending uh, implies a submission in the Trinity between the Father and the Son. The Son is sent forth by the Father. And God sends forth His only begotten Son. Jesus Christ, uncreated, eternally begotten Son of God. And we reminded of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that whoever would believe in him should not perish but should have eternal life. We are told two things about the son that God sent. Number one, he is born of a woman. That's the incarnation. This morning we spoke about a manifestation that Jesus came in human flesh. He was born of a woman. He is like us. And you scratch your head and you ask the question, how is it possible for God to be like us? That is a mystery. Previously hidden but now revealed, Jesus Christ has two natures. He is 100% and completely God. And he is 100% and completely man. As man, Jesus Christ lived under the law that you and I could never keep. But Jesus kept it. The Bible reveals that he was tempted in every way and yet did not sin. The first point from verse 4 is God sent his son into the world. The second point from verse 5 is to bring back children to heaven. Paul gives us two reasons why God the Father sent God the Son. And the first reason is this, so that he might redeem those who are under the law. That word redeem is the idea of buying back. Buying back from what? Friends, you and I were enslaved to sin. Jesus bought us back. You and I owed a debt to God we could never pay. Jesus bought us back. He laid down his life. He laid down his blood that you and I might be redeemed to himself. But the second reason why God sent, God the Father sent God the Son is that he might receive adoption as sons. That we might receive, sorry, adoption as sons. God redeemed us and God adopted us. This is the most amazing thought in the whole of God's word. That we who are by nature enemies with God, 
might be adopted by the Father and brought into the household of God so that Jesus Christ might be called our older brother and God the Father might be called our Father in heaven and the Holy Spirit might move in our hearts causing us to cry out, Abba, Father. We are adopted as sons. Friends, this idea of adoption is so important to the Christian life. And now we come to application of this text. The text in two parts is God sent his son into the world and the second part to bring back children to heaven. The application first to believers is this. Friend, if you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you have been adopted into his family. You are a child of of God. That is your identity. Yes, you may carry a South African passport, you may carry a a foreign passport, but your true identity is heaven bound. And that should give you great joy. Even this Christian Christian season, this Christmas season, as you contemplate again the birth of Jesus Christ, you should be filled with joy that Jesus came to take you home. You have been saved, amen, by the precious blood of God. That should give you a degree of confidence. Your salvation was planned of God before the foundation of the world and that should fill you with thanksgiving. Second point, and this time not to believers, but to unbelievers that might be uh, this evening. Friend, if you have not yet placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. There is hope for you in this text. Because a doctor does not go and visit the well. A doctor is sent to visit the sick. And Jesus came into this world not for Pharisees that were self-righteous and thought they could be good enough for God, but Jesus came into this world to redeem sinners just like you and just like me. You can have freedom from the bondage to sin. And freedom is on offer to you this evening. Jesus says it is for freedom that you have been set free. Sorry, that was Paul. And Jesus says that we receive freedom in him. You have but to repent and place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. Yes, on Christmas we celebrate the babe of Bethlehem, the darling of heaven that was born to men. But that's not the end of his life. You see, Jesus lived a perfect life that you could not live. And when he went to the cross, he went as a substitute for your sin, the righteous for the unrighteous. And the payment that Jesus made to redeem you was accepted by the Father because God the Father raised his Son from the dead. The Holy Spirit was involved in raising Jesus Christ from the dead and Jesus himself raised himself from the dead. The payment has been made in full and on offer to you this evening is a free gift of eternal life. You have but to repent of your sins, turn from your sins and cast yourself upon Jesus Christ. Faith which is given as a gift to you must be exercised and placed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. 
If you call out with your lips and declare that he is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, eternal life will be yours. Adoption. Redemption. In the fullness of time, the Father sent the Son to bring back children to heaven. For those of us who are in Christ, we say yes and amen. For those of you who are thinking through the gospel message, I encourage you, run to Jesus. Run to Christ. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father God in heaven, we do thank you for your word. It is faithful and it is true. And upon it we can rest all of our life. We can stake our eternity. Because salvation is upon a solid rock, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We thank you for Jesus. Even this Christmas time is... Our attention turns to singing carols and to preparing to give one another gifts. I pray that the greatest gift that we seek is that of the Son of God. And in seeking Him, Lord God, might we find Him. That we might, your people, bring much praise and glory to your name. These things we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and to the glory of the Father who is in heaven. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.